Good morning. Uh, our scripture reading today is from uh, Romans 16, 16. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ greet you. Hebrew 10, 24, 25. And let us consider how to steer up upon another to love and God and good, good works. Not neglecting to meet together as is a habit of some, of some but encouraging one another and all the most, more as you see the day drawing near. Romans 8, uh, 14 to 17. For all are the led by the Spirit of God, our, our Son of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fears, but you have received the spirit of the adoption of as sons by whom he cr we cry, Abba, Father, the Spirit... He himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children when heirs and heirs of God, the fellow heirs to Christ, provide we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Amen. Good morning, everyone. So as you can tell, the room's a little different today than it is on a regular Sunday. Um, and we're, like we've said, having the kids stay in service with us on the first Sunday of every other month. And on those weeks, we're taking a break from our normal sermon series. And instead, we're looking at why we do the things we do as a church. Hopefully, that's helpful for kids who may not know why we do different things in our service, but also for adults who maybe are new to church and don't understand why we do stuff or have been around church for a long time and just sort of take it for granted and don't stop to think why we do these things. So last time we looked at why we sing together. Today, we're gonna go for another one and it might be a surprising one for you. We're gonna talk about why we have the greeting time in service where we all stand up and say good morning to one another and welcome one another to the church service. I know you might be thinking, shouldn't we talk about like prayer or sermons or other stuff first? But we're going with the greeting time today. Back when I was in high school, I took a world history class. And my teacher in this class, as far as I know, not a Christian in any way, shape or form, but he had clearly visited some churches over the course of his life and he liked to critique them sometimes. And I remember one day coming into class and he was talking and he critiqued this specific part of the church service. He was like, you know what I really hate? When you go to church and in the middle of the church service, they're like, all right, everyone now stand up and say hi to the person next to you. He's like, I'm in church to connect with God. Not the other people here. Why are you making me say hi to them? He, he clearly had this attitude that if I'm going to a church service, it's to connect with God. And if you're making me say hi to the people around me, that's a distraction from that purpose. And I think that's a common attitude in our world today, that, that if we go to a church service, we're there to connect with God. If we happen to connect with other people there, as long as we like them, that's fine. But 
Like if you're going to take time away from the time connecting with God to make me say hi to the other people, that's actually a distraction from what I'm really here for. That's actually getting in the way of the reason we should be at church. And maybe some of us have even felt that way at times. Maybe you felt that way today when we said to get up and say hi to the people around you. So the question I have for us today is, was my history teacher right? Is the greeting time in church actually a distraction from why we should really be here? Or is there something more to it? Is, is there something connected to why we're here that connects with why we do the greeting time? And obviously here at, at the bridge, we do a greeting time every Sunday. So I personally believe that that teacher was wrong. But I want to look today at why that's the case and explain to everyone here why we have a greeting time and hopefully help us understand the importance of this time together. So what we're going to see today is that we greet one another to obey God and show we're his people. So we greet each other to obey God's command, to encourage one another, and to show we're a family. So let's pray and then we'll look at this. Father, we thank you that you are a God who loves us, that you are a God who cares for us, that you're a God who speaks to us. And we pray that through this time today, you would just give us a, a greater love for you and for one another and a greater desire to live in obedience to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So the first reason that we greet one another in the church service is that God commands us to. Kids, I have a question for you. Kids, are you ready for this? Does anyone know how many times the New Testament tells Christians, hey, when you get together, greet one another or welcome one another or say hi to one another. How many times does the Bible tell us to do that? Does anyone think it's one time? Mila thinks it's one time. Anyone think it's two times? Three times? Four times? Five times? No one, no one thinks it's five times? Six times? Anyone? Seven times? Eight times? Nine times? No one's guessing. It's okay. The answer is seven. It tells us seven times, seven different times. The New Testament says, Christians, when you see each other, greet one another, welcome one another, say hi to one another. That's a lot of times to repeat the same thing over and over and over. And do you know why they repeat the same thing over and over and over? Like kids, are there any things that your parents tell you to do over and over and over again? What are some of those things that your parents tell you to do over and over and over again? Anyone? It's too embarrassing. Homework. Do your homework. Do your homework. Do your homework. AJ, do your parents tell you to do anything over and over again? Do you want to share with us any of the, what that is? Okay, go out or stay at home. Okay. Yeah, our, when we're kids, if you're a parent, you understand this. If you're not a parent, you've been a kid at some point in your life. There are things your parents tell you to do over and over and over again. And they tell you to do those things because they're very important things for you to do. So they keep coming up. And they tell you to do those things because you probably struggle to do those things. And so you need constant reminders because they're really important things and they're not things that you necessarily do naturally. And that's true here too. God in the Bible tells us again and again and again and again to greet one another because it's a big deal and it's something we might struggle to do. 
but God himself cares about the fact that when Christians see each other, we welcome one another and we greet one another and we make one another feel welcome. And if you find the way that we do this in the bridge of standing up and saying hi to everyone uncomfortable, I have good news for you. And the good news is it could be far worse because five out of the seven times in the Bible that it says to greet one another, you know how it says to greet one another? With a kiss. (laughs) Five times it says to greet one another with a kiss. Now I'm not saying that we should start incorporating that into our greeting time here at the bridge. Most, Most Bible interpreters believe that Kissing as a greeting was popular in Bible times, sort of like it is in France today. That Paul wasn't specifically saying, kissing is the way you must do it, but more greet one another in a way that in your culture communicates warmth and welcome and kindness and acceptance. So for most of us, that would probably be a handshake or a hug. Maybe some of you feel more warm and accepted when it's a kiss, that's, that's okay. But for most of us, it's probably a handshake or a hug. I don't think Paul is saying in our world today, we have to kiss one another during the greeting time in church. But regardless of how different cultures greet one another, there are a few things that hold true throughout different cultures. One, God wants his people to greet one another and welcome one another when they come together. He doesn't want us to all just sit in the same room and pretend there's no one else there so we can focus on God. He wants us to talk to one another and make one another feel welcome. And second, regardless of what the greeting looks like in your culture that makes people feel welcomed, pretty much every culture, that greeting involves some sort of physical contact with one another, whether it's a handshake or a hug or a kiss on the cheek. It involves some sort of physical contact, and that's not an accident. God made us as physical beings and getting close enough to one another to touch one another in culturally appropriate ways actually communicates warmth and acceptance and welcome and and kindness. And so God commands us to greet one another and and welcome one another when we see each other as his people. And if you're like, well, I, I need a better reason than just God says so. Another reason is that God went to great lengths to welcome us. Kids, do you know what God did to welcome us into his family? He died on the cross. Yeah. God to welcome us into his family didn't have to just stand up and hold out a hand and say, good to see you. He had to take on human flesh, come to earth and live a perfect life in a place where people hated him and then get killed and die to pay the price for us to be welcomed into his family. If we really understand what he has done for us and how he has welcomed us, it's going to give us joy to to welcome one another when we see each other. So that's the first reason we welcome one another is God commands us to. The second reason we greet one another is to encourage one another. In Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25, it tells us that it's the job of every Christian, not just pastors, but every Christian to look out for one another, to care for one another spiritually, to try and help one another grow in our love and our ability to do good deeds. Did you know that? That looking out for one another and caring for one another spiritually and helping one another grow in our love and good deeds, that's the job of all of us together. And in these verses where it says that's our job, 
It also says one of the best tools for doing this is meeting together. Now, I think primarily in the context, it's referring to showing up at a church service on Sunday. But I think there's also power in things like getting lunch with people from the church or saying yes to invitations on the social gathering WhatsApp group when people say, hey, do you want to hang out? Saying like, yeah, let's, let's meet up. There's power in Christians being together. I mean, that's part of what made COVID so hard, right? Just the fact that we couldn't meet in person. And if your only alternative is isolation, then Zoom is wonderful. But in comparison to actually meeting in person, there's no comparison. It's so much better to meet in person than on Zoom. That's why as soon as we could meet in person again, we stopped all our online stuff here because there's power. There's a spiritual power at work when we're physically in the same place together. And we didn't want anyone to miss out on that because they were online instead. And here's the thing about that spiritual power from us being together. That power doesn't just come from us being in the same room as one another, right? Like we all know that it's possible to be physically in the same room as one another and completely oblivious to one another's existence and to leave the room not impacted at all by the, to- by the fact that other people are We, we do this anytime we go to the movies, right? We go to the movies and there's a room full of people that we don't know and we do our best to pretend that they're not there. And as long as they don't talk really loud during the movie and don't pull out their phone and make bright lights in the room and don't eat their popcorn really loud, We're okay with them because they're not interrupting our experience of the movie. And we leave the movie theater and never see them or speak to them again in our lives. And we want it that way, right? We don't want the people in the movie theater to impact our lives for the most part, because we want to be there to see the movie. And if they're impacting our lives, they're getting in the way of us enjoying the movie. That's the impact they're having. And I think in many places in the world, for many people, that's actually sort of what they expect out of church. It's maybe one of the reasons that so many people struggle spiritually because we show up at a church service and we think this is an event. I'm here to enjoy the show. And when kids start running around up on the stage, that's really ruining the show for me. But I'm here to enjoy the show. I could care less whether there are other people here, who those other people are, as long as they don't get in the way of me connecting with God by enjoying the show. I'm fine and I'll leave and that's okay. But biblically, that's a completely flawed picture of what the church is meant to be. The church is not an event. It's a community of people who gather together, yes, to worship God, but also to encourage one another in our obedience to God. Kids, do any of you play sports on a team? or go to sports, yeah, you play sports on a team and you play sports on a team, that's great. So when you play sports on a team, does having coaches and teammates make you a better athlete or a worse athlete than you would be if you were just playing on your own? Better, yes. Having teammates and coaches and other people who know how to do things that you don't, who are stronger in areas where you're weaker, actually helps you grow and get stronger. We learn from other people things that we could not learn on our own. And it's the same way in our relationship with God. 
we grow more from having other people around us helping us than we do just being on our own. And we don't just encourage people by simply being physically together, but pretending no one else is there. We encourage one another by doing things like talking to one another, by listening to what's been happening in one another's lives, by reminding one another of these powerful truths of the gospel, like, hey, you know, I'm really sorry to hear that you're going through a hard time, but guess what? God still loves you, even in the midst of this hard time. Have you ever had someone say that to you? Like, that's, that's powerful. Or when you're struggling with temptation, like, hey, I know it's so, so hard for you to obey God in this area right now, but guess what? Jesus died for you so that you don't have to disobey God here. The Holy Spirit lives inside you to guide you so you can obey God. And you have a family of people around here who are walking alongside you, who are gonna support you as you try to live for God. There's power in that. And then not just saying that, but following up and and walking alongside one another through tough times, giving one another practical help. That's where transformation happens. And obviously those types of conversations and the follow-up to them, it's bigger conversations than we have time for in like the two minutes where we're saying hi to one another during service. But as we say often around here, the goal is that that time would be the start of a conversation, not the whole conversation itself. And so we encourage you to do things to connect with one another outside of that as well. Like show up early for service and say hi to the other people who are here early and stay late after service and talk to the people. Maybe get lunch after service with people and continue the conversation. Send invitations into the social gathering WhatsApp group and say, hey, does anyone want to meet up and spend time together doing different activities during the week? Find ways to connect with people on a regular basis and and have good conversations with them and get to know them so that we can know how people need encouragement and know how people need help and support and how we can really be a family together as those church. But even if you do none of those other things, hopefully the greeting time in service gives you an opportunity to meet someone here and be able to start a connection with them. So we greet one another because God commands us to. We greet one another to encourage one another and help one another grow in our love and good deeds. And then third, we greet one another because we are a family. In Romans chapter eight, verses 14 to 17, it talks about how if we are Christians, we have been adopted into God's family. Hey kids, I have a question. If you have the same dad as someone else, what do you call that person? If you have the same dad as someone else, what do you call that person? A brother or a sister, right? If you all share the same dad, you are brothers and sisters. If all Christians have been adopted into God's family, so we all have God as our father, that means we are all brothers and sisters. The church is a family. It's, it's not just, it's not an event. It's a family with God as our father and Jesus as our big brother. Have you ever thought about that before? Does that reshape the way that you feel like maybe we should be interacting as a church? Like how would we live as a church family if we really believed God is our father and Jesus is our big brother? One of the things that that means is that when we get together on Sunday mornings for a church service, we're actually having like a family reunion, a family get together every single week. Isn't that fun, exciting? Did you know that's what we're doing when we have a church service? 
It's a little family get together. Now I want you to imagine this with me. Imagine there's a biological family that has lots and lots and lots and lots of kids lots of brothers and sisters. And every week, this family gets together to hang out. Maybe they have a family meal together. And as they come to the family meal, everyone in the family loves the father. And they're so excited to see the father. And everyone in the family loves the oldest brother. They're really excited to see this oldest brother at this family dinner. But the rest of the brothers and sisters, maybe they don't hate each other, but they could care less whether they see each other. They all want to get to this family dinner. They want to hang out with their father and older brother, and they hope they can escape the dinner without having to say hi to any of their other siblings. Does that sound like your family? I hope not, right? But if there is a family that's like this, how would you label that family? Is that a healthy and strong family? Maybe a dysfunctional family? A little bit unhealthy of a family? Like that's a horrible family dynamic, right? In a healthy family, there might be people that you connect with more naturally or more closely than others. There might be people you're more excited to see than others, but you're gonna be happy to see everyone in the family. You're gonna be excited to say hi and hear how their week has been and hear what's happening in their lives. You're gonna be sad if someone's missing. Right? We greet one another because we're brothers and sisters and in a healthy family, brothers and sisters are excited to see one another and they show warmth and welcome to one another. And if you're trying to avoid your brothers and sisters, that's a sign that something is really wrong. And so we greet one another as a way of being able to express that warmth and welcome that we share as brothers and sisters adopted into God's family. It's a reminder that we are part of God's family together as brothers and sisters. So all that to say, my history teacher was wrong. The greeting time in a church service, it's not disconnected from the main point of what church is supposed to be about. It's not a distraction from being able to connect with God. It's actually pointing to the heart of why we gather together in person as God's people each week. It it helps us connect more deeply with God if we're doing it right. When we greet one another, we're obeying God's command. We're encouraging one another to connect more deeply with him. And we're reminding one another that we really are his people and his family. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the reality that you have made us a family of your people. We thank you that you care about us, that you want to see us not just having a healthy relationship with you, but having healthy relationships with one another where we can encourage one another and support one another and care for one another. And I pray that we would be a church that does that really well, that really gets this idea that we are a family with God as our father and Jesus as our big brother, and that we would greet and welcome one another and and have our lives impacted by one another in ways that constantly draw us closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen.